Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. Right, there we are. Okay, you ready? Yep, yep, yep. This is Dumpty Dum, the shit. I'll start again, shall I? The what? The shit. This is Dumpty Dum, the show about the reality docudrama that is centred on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the GCSE Maths A-star, that is Robert Wilson. With me, I have the failed foundation level home economics, that is... Lucy Freeman. And the last part of Freddie's exam fiasco is you. This week's Dumpty Dum comes from Auntie Jean, Louise Lombard and Angela Barnes, amongst others, at the Festival of Ideas. Lucy, if someone wants to send in a Dumpty Dum, how can they do that? If you would like to sing us a Dumpty Dum, leave us a plot prediction or check that the nosiest person in the village is not hiding in your utility room while you discuss life-changing financial affairs, then call us on 0203031105 or leave us a message on SpeakPipe. Thanks to Cosmo for his podcast roundups and for doing the Dumpty Dogs shed code for sponsoring us and to Derek for in the back bedroom. Derek was leafleting for the Naturism for the Older Gentleman party last week and he found letterboxes trickier than he thought. Apparently the older ones could do with extra lubrication and if it's not stiff enough it won't go in easily. <laughs> now you should laugh at that because you actually gave me that joke, didn't you? Oh, you're too kind. <laughs> oh, I yes, I did. Him, dear listeners, he said... Because he was leafleting, weren't mm-hmm. you, for the old gentleman naturist party, along with Derek. Yes. And um, he, um, he, he said this on, on WhatsApp, and I said, I am nicking that for Derek Fletcher. I said, you are Derek Fletcher, and I claim my five pounds. So, Well, I, I gave it to you with pleasure. <laughs> As always. And, do. you know, after I'd done, and it's true that everyone, everyone's slot is slightly different. <laughs> and we're talking about letterboxes here. And... Um, 
I, I lost. I felt like I'd lost quite a lot of skin from my mm. fingers. And uh, some of them around, snap back. Oh, they do, and some and don't. The, 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 and people have those weird brushes inside them as well. Yes, lots of brushes. And I, I was sticking a bit of A4 through. It was just. It was a. It, you know, it was. It was the Labour Party, and. <laughs> um, I thought I'd mentioned that because we're all a bunch of lefties here at Dumpty yes. Dum. Well, most of us are anyway. Um, and the Labour Party's so cheap here in Oxford that um, <laughs> it's just a piece of A4 done in Comic Sans. And it looked like it was... No. It looked, remember at school and you'd get those, uh, that, that banded handout that was in, in sort of purple. It was a bit like that. Um, and it was about halfway through that I realised that I had to that fold it in half again to make the edge stiff enough yes. to go through the brushes yes. and... Anyway, I, I came across two dogs and that was it. Because my biggest fear was you know, having a great big Alsatian <laughs> nipping at my fingers. But that didn't happen. And, of course, That's if you're leafleting for the naturist party, yes. you, you, might, you might be worried about something else being nipped. Yes, being, slipping into the letterbox. But the, the, I, I did uh, various bits of leafleting and I listened. There was one where I had to climb a massive flight of stairs, got up there shoved the thing through and then heard yeah. it being ripped to bits <laughs> on the other side by some ferocious little yappy shite. And I thought, for God's sake, I could have just not bothered. That was a total way. And it was like, you could hear it going like this. And you could hear the noise of it shredding this bit of paper. I thought, oh, well, can we count on your vote? Probably not, eh? Anyway. Probably not. Probably not. And I did encounter some real live people as well. And uh, the people, wa wa not waving, but looking at me strangely through the window. And uh, also uh, one man who was uh, putting uh, boxes into the back of his organic vegetable delivery van. And I thought, well, no we might be guaranteed of his vote unless he goes green. Um, and he seemed quite uh, friendly because they do ask him, who are you, who are you delivering for? Yeah. And he said, the Labour Party. And if they don't spit on you, that that's yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's a bonus. And then we have a local troubled family. Uh, a couple of streets away, and I had I was they hang outside next to lots of rusty bikes and bedsteads, and um, they said, as I delivered to the to the the door, uh, the next door neighbour of, of these people, um, they said, oh, I wonder if he's going to deliver to us, um, and I said, well, of course I am, and I came because the last bloke didn't uh, did, wouldn't come round. I said, well, maybe they were just shy or whatever, and mm -hmm. I I did think about asking if we could count on their vote, but. Um, I'm not sure if you have a criminal record, you can vote, can you? <laughs> <laughs> well, you God, I want, hope they don't listen to you Dumpty. Were, you, <laughs> were, you wouldn't have wanted might get to my window egged. Now, I'm not sure if you're if you're allowed to vote because of your massive criminal record. It might put them off, you know. <laughs> terrible. And then I I did go to vote. I voted on Thursday, um, and and as I was leaving. Um, I saw, I live in a, a development, <laughs> it makes me sound like a, it's a lunatic asylum, doesn't it? I, I live in a, in a fairly modern development and uh, in, in one of the car parks, cubby hmm? Is it warden controlled? Does a lady come round and check you haven't fallen? <laughs> yes, it's, it's my housemate. <laughs> and she also makes uh, make sure I haven't peed in my laundry hamper. <laughs> Um, again, um, uh, but I, as I came back, I, I saw there was there was there was a brand new convertible Rolls Royce in one of the car parking bays, Ooh. and I got so excited because I'm a bit of a Rolls Royce fan, and I just laughed to myself and thought, "Typical bloody champagne socialist." <laughs> but there's nothing wrong with being a champagne socialist. I want champagne for all my friends. Yes, I want no one to have to drink nasty Riesling. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. It's probably about time we got on with the show, isn't it? Why not? Okay, well, in this week's episode, we have calls from Scarlet Sparrow, who's hit the gin, Sussex Shepherd, who's had his heart broken, Witherspoon, who thinks Freddy needs a daddy, Sarah Brown, who stands up for the youth, Jenna, who loved not hearing about the election, Dusty Substances, who thinks Lizzie is a failed parent or is failing her parenting exams, and Andrew Horn, who sees a leg up for Neil. But first, it's Lucy Freeman's Week in Ambridge. haymaking at Brookfield was so relaxed they could all stop and eat scotch eggs and point at birds. Hootie couldn't join them as her bees had swarmed. I think that might be a euphemism for gone a bit potty. They said her bees have swarmed in the same way that people say she's a bit of a character which means she wears her pants on her head and eats tipex. Lillian has started referring to Helen as a mole. Really? I think of her more as a gerbil personally. Mind you, as Lillian is currently washing in the horse trough and peeing in a bucket, she sounds remarkably sanguine. This is probably because she has managed to inveigle the horrifying Anthea into the role of Justin's secretary. Yay, give it five months and she'll be boosting the router under Justin's desk, just the way Lillian did. We had a little mother-son chatette with Freddie and Elizabeth. Between them, they have a whole half a brain. I do not like exams because my brain hurts, said Freddie. I do not like them, but also, luckily, it did not matter for me, said Elizabeth. To be honest, it probably won't matter for you either, Freddie Pargita. Someone will probably push you off the roof with or without your GCSEs, just on personality alone. <laughs> if you're tired and hungry, I'll find you something to eat, said Elizabeth vaguely. I'm sure someone can tell me where the kitchen is if I ask nicely, and I'll use that hot cupboardy thing that the staff use. Justin and Matt, who are together shadier than a sun hat factory, got together to talk about Latif, who also sounds like someone I wouldn't invest in a bingo card with, let alone a Costa Rican racecourse. Latif is part of a company called Smelling Industries, run by Hugo Smelling. Matt described him as a head haunch It must have very powerful back legs. The fact he's called Hugo and went to public school means he's entirely, in Justin's mind, legit, and entirely, in the rest of our minds, a git. Linda couldn't keep away from the Uffizi when she was in Italy. Probably all those sun-dried tomatoes. Do I see a book group looming? I thought we had one before. Scriptwriters, I do not believe for a second that Linda has not read Middlemarch. Of course she has. But it comes as no surprise that Neil is reading The Girl on the Train and has only got as far as crew. Krusty and Jill have made up. They went down to the orchard to have a potter around. I don't know what they were doing, but Jill said to Krusty that she wanted a bit more smoke, and then they both sounded much more relaxed and happy. No wonder Jill makes so much cake. Sausage Boy is back. He shouldn't be called that now. Compost bin? He's in a near constant state of ferment and bought back a load of bubbly mush from wherever the hell he's been. But he turned into bubbly mush himself when he discovered that Justin is going to give them one million dollars for a field. He'd already ordered himself a 24 karat gold bucket before Tony got a word in and the word was, with characteristic Toniness, uh no. Rex and Anisha are playing silly bugger games, which you should stop doing as soon as you reach puberty. If you're not in fifth year, then pack it in. Anyway, Pip decided to troll up in her quad bike with the squeaky brakes and said, Hi, Rex. You know Toby? Well, I should have gone for you, actually, Rexy. I do hope I haven't made you late for a date with someone else. Oh, I am a silly girl. The exciting news is that Freddy has gone to the Isle of Wight. Hurrah! Elizabeth was worried sick as she couldn't get hold of Freddy on his mobile. He's saving his battery, said Lily. That's what you do at a festival. 
I didn't need to save my battery, said Elizabeth crossly. I had Roy. Amber was due to share Freddy's tent, but her grandmother had a stroke, which is more than Johnny's going to get. Freddy seemed to get as excited about sleeping under canvas as his mother gets, although his total inability to get the tent pole into the hole makes me think Johnny will probably be safe, although I hope Johnny zips himself into his sleeping bag right up to the neck, or it could be Freddy throwing stones at his window in a few months' time. Aunt Stones! Brilliant! The end. Oh dear, I I quite enjoyed that this week, as well as I would say. <laughs> That's very good. That's a little impersonation. <laughs> well, you know, I've been practising. <laughs> very good. Should we do the caller rollers now? I think we should. Let's see what the caller inner is of caller inner out. Hello, Ambridge3962. Sussex Shepherd first. Good evening, Royfield, Lucy and fellow Dumpty Dummers. It's the Sussex Shepherd here. Um, I just wanted to say that I thought that this week had some of the best writing for the archers I've heard in a long time. In particular, two things um, stuck out for me. Um, the scene between Rex and Pip, I think, just was heartbreaking. Um, when Pip said that uh, she had chosen the wrong brother... And we realised that Rex realises that she had known all along perhaps the way he felt. And yet was saying that um, she thinks she'd made the wrong decision. I just thought that, again, it just broke my heart a little bit. Uh, I thought it was beautiful, uh, understated and beautiful. Um, and then on the start of Friday's episode, a wonderful bit of misdirection about the election. Uh, I just thought that was lovely. Uh, a nice little touch was very, very nicely done. Anyway, uh, so yeah, I thought a good week for the archers, all told. Um, and uh, that's it, really. So keep up the good work, and I'll speak to you again next week. Bye. Rex realised that Pip realised that he'd liked her all along, which makes her a cow. Because we were all thinking for a while, weren't we? Oh, maybe she's just really naive and hasn't realised. And actually, she's kind of said, yep, I knew you were interested and I still threw you over for your idiotic brother. Yeah, and, and the, the thing I've only just realised now that's popped into my uh, my head is that she she did say, she, what, what she said, um, oh, I, I don't like being single. So is she one of these um, monkeys, <laughs> you know, that they only let go of one branch? Mm-hmm. That, when they see another one yeah. dangling in front of them, so yeah. to speak. Yeah. And um, as someone who's been more or less single for 20 years, probably, you know, I, think I dabbled, but, you know, you know. Although I do have a hot date later tonight, but the Ooh. less said about that, the better on live no. radio. The more um, said about that, the better, I think. Anyway, never mind. We'll, we'll return no, no, to no, that no, later. no. Um, might be listening. Um, yeah, she is a bit of a cow, isn't she? And you know, Rex is a plonker. I mean, I have to. I have to admit, I am carrying a bit of a torch for Anisha. Um, really, but she yeah. was at it as well. All that nonsense about, oh, I don't know whether. Oh, should, did I say I'd be there? I might be there. I mm. might. And you think, oh, just stop it. If what is wrong with it's all these bloody books, isn't it? Women that love too much and women. Oh, and the out rules. And women. Oh God, the bit. The rules. The bitch rules. Women who love men who think too much and blah, 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 blah. and you think just be just just if you want equality, treat yep. men like equals rather than you know cat 
cats that you have to tease or something and just say, yeah. would you like to come to the pub? Uh, good, that would be great. I will be there at eight. I will hopefully see you then. If they don't turn up, you don't see them again. The end! Exactly. Not all and this That's exactly nonsense. how I want Ugh. to be treated. I don't, yeah. Game playing, it's a it's a pain in the arse. I don't know no, the you mustn't you mustn't text back within three days or something. By which time I'd have just thought, oh dear, their phone must be broken. <laughs> I've probably deleted them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there is that kind of thing where, where you don't want to appear too desperate and, you know, before the end of the alert has sounded, you're already <laughs> typing in. I mean, there's some kind of decorum that has to be brought into the proceedings, yes. but... I think Rex and Anisha need to, uh, I don't know, go for a, a romp in the hay, definitely. Well, they can, yeah, I, I would. They can, <laughs> I'm sure you would. For 20 years, I bet, bet you would. I think they... Oh, I don't mean I haven't <laughs> done anything in 20 years. I mean, I haven't lived with anyone for no, 20 years. Yes, I know, I know. But I think they kind <laughs> of... Must be boiling over. <laughs> My <laughs> God, surprised you can sit down. Um, I'm staying silent on that. <laughs> Okay, it's a good job we're putting the E on this, isn't it? <laughs> I think that they need um, um, Anisha and uh, Rex just need to sort of get get it out of their system. But Rex does need to sort of either go for Pip and ask her again. Okay, I think the phrase is her. "man the fuck up." Yes, there is that. Yes, either that or. Yeah. Or Anisha needs to get the ketamine out, the horse tranquilizers, <laughs> and and do him that way. Um, do, do you think way. you can get horse Viagra? My lord, could you imagine? <laughs> It'd be like a clothes prop, flaming Nora. <laughs> oh yes, well there we are. <laughs> that horse got Two five eight. legs. Two oh no. <laughs> yes, Witherspoon. Now, who you were very touched, weren't you, by what Witherspoon said? I was, yes. I've been, I've been a distant fan of Witherspoon. Was the first caller in I remembered. So he's been, he's been, um, he's been a regular ever since I listened. I can't remember how long I've been listening, but yeah. So he's almost a celebrity to me. So when someone says hello to me, it's like, <laughs> I'm made up. It was almost <laughs> like the time when Sandy Toxvic bought me a gin and tonic. <gasps> no. Yes. With Sandy. More Tox of that later. <laughs> she your hot date. I think you're, you're, you're on to a losing wicket there, Robert, I have to say. Yes. yes. Barking up the wrong tree. <laughs> Barking up the wrong small Danish woman. Uh, yeah. we, if we would play the call now, as we've talked about it. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. Greetings, Lucy, Robert, Millie Bell, and all Dumpty Dimmers around the world. Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here. Lifting a glass of Prosecco, not on Lakey Hill, but on a hill overlooking the Hudson River on a fine summer's day. Speaking of special days, let's talk about Thursday. Comey Day here, Election Day there, and Freddie doing a runner from his exam and lying up the wazoo about it. At first I thought, what a wanker Freddie is, acting like either an 8-year-old as I tweeted or a 10-year-old as Lily remarked. But then I thought, wait. Put your empathic psychiatrist hat on and have a think about Freddie. 
First note that Freddy and Johnny are good friends, an odd couple to say the least, but what do they have in common? They both lost their fathers in tragic accidents. Now, Johnny was unaware of his biological father, but does have a strong attachment to him. However, he was raised by his stepfather through mid-adolescence and has had a strong grandfather and, yes, even uncle in the last couple of years. Now, Freddie lost his father at a key point in his life when he was at the threshold of adolescence. No strong male figure took over. Where were you, David and Kenton, I ask? Freddie is now feeling that loss acutely, is floundering, and is acting out all over the place, especially his rage against his single-parent mom. Elizabeth has had a tough time raising him. Again, I point the finger at David and Kenton. Now, I do remember that period when Elizabeth stopped talking to David because she thought David caused Nigel's fall, but that conflict was resolved, so David should have stepped back in. Well, Kenton as a father figure... That's another case. We know how all that went recently. So I'm worried about Freddie. I fear he's headed for a major crash. Maybe by the end of this weekend. We shall see, and I will talk to you all soon. Let's have another Prosecco. Cheers. Well, yes, but I think that Freddie has been completely abandoned. And yeah. Elizabeth kind of, as she, whether it's because she was not terribly academic herself and got booted out of various schools for misbehavior and things like that. Whether or not she's trying to, she's consciously trying to overcompensate by steering Freddie away from all that, I don't know. But she isn't half pushing him to get these bloody GCSEs when the kid has clearly, I mean, it's amazing he gets himself dressed in the morning. You know, he's clearly not gifted by any means. So no, why, he, why is this kind of, you know... He doesn't need to be, though, does he? Well, no. In his position, as you no. said, um, you know, you don't need to be gifted to fall off a roof. <laughs> and Nigel proved that. But, um, yeah, I mean, who gives a, a, a yeah. flying sausage, quite frankly, um, whether, whether well, he does you, well at his exam? You need a maths GCSE to go to university. And I can imagine Freddie thinking, university's a right laugh. But he'd never actually do any work when he was there. No. And so you, what's the chicken, point? She can send him off to Felpush and Polly, surely. But then I can't. She has done. He's All right, oh, that's Felpush true. Yeah. Borstal, isn't he? But I can't. Sixth form Borstal. I can't really imagine him taking over Lower Loxley. No. I can imagine no, well, Lily. I can imagine yeah. Lily being succeeding Theresa May the way she's going, but not, not him. So well, I don't anyone quite could do know... a better job than Theresa May at the moment. <laughs> but anyway, there we are. I don't um, really know what his you know, what he's going to do. Mm. Because he doesn't seem to have any substance to him apart from not wanting to do any work. That seems to be his sole defining characteristic is work dodging. Well, I, I have a great deal of sympathy and empathy <laughs> for him. Then. He can do your job. Succession management. Who have you got <laughs> lined up under you? Fred? Freddie Pargeter, I thought, a fictional character from a radio soap opera. This one who I'm training up. But where is this going? Where is Freddie heading? I mean, apart from plummeting to earth. Well, I really don't know because I genuinely can't. He did mention, Mm. my God, this is a real reach, but he did mention ages ago something about being really interested in town planning. Oh, yeah. Well, you need maths for that. But of all the unlikely things for Freddie to be remotely interested in. Do you think that was just a joke? A scriptwriter's joke chucked in there. But they don't often... Do jokes on the archers. Yeah, I know. <laughs> if, it, <laughs> if it's 
that odd if it's such a non sequitur normally it's because we're about to embark upon some peculiar plot twist yeah. so then so then when we all go hey they can say well it was mentioned in an earlier episode you know and we'll go oh, for god's sake oh all right then. i know i know a lot of planners coincidentally i do and um you have to be reasonably clever yes we have to. Sorry, imagine. if any of my town planning and transport planning and just generally planning friends are listening, you have to be exceptionally talented <laughs> to be a planner. Not just being able to spell your own surname, which is kind of Freddie's goal, isn't it, really? Parget is quite tricky. <laughs> Two T's? Well, who knows? No, it's Freddie. That's the bit you can't spell. I, I, yes, I don't, I don't know where we're going with Freddie. And I don't like this kind of... Um, uh, this sort of very, very clear demarcation of, you know, high-achieving sister, low-achieving brother. It's just too kind of black and white. Yeah, yeah. But I, but Witherspoon has a point. Uh, and, well, it's not just losing a dad. Losing a parent mm. is is tough at any age. And, yeah. you know, I'll tell you a little a little story here. Is that, you know, I, I, my mum died 12, year, 12 years ago. Mm. Um, and it, the anniversary came up a couple of weeks ago on the 18th of May. And I'd been thinking about it for you know, a week or so before. And I was talking to my dad about this the other day. And I'd been thinking about it. And, oh, yeah, it's going to be mum's anniversary. No, you know, not in a morbid way, but, you know, you, yeah. you'd like to mark the occasion. And then on the day, I completely forgot about it until about 3.30 in the afternoon and saw it was the 18th of May. And it hit me like uh, like a, a like a punch in the guts mm. not in that i was really upset but i thought i'd almost forgotten about it yeah yeah and it matters it matters mm. and you know i think about her every day so what freddie is you know yeah the gorilla suit is barely cold <laughs> and he must be oh so he's he's not such a tear away is he i mean good god not like the people Two streets away from me. Well, no. I mean, people would happily give him a Labour Party leaflet, wouldn't they? But I do... There wouldn't be any point, but they would. I think... No, he'd roll it up and yeah. <laughs> make a joint out of it, I imagine. I Yes. And I do think there has been a massive, as Witherspoon says, a sort of a dearth of positive male characters around him. Titcombe, yeah. that's it. Titcombe and that strange man that used to go around with Julia Pargeter and I believe still lives somewhere on the estate. The Sorry, I'm pouring another glass of wine here. Um, good. The one, the one who I've run out of champagne. This is very depressing. Um, uh, the the one who, uh, oh, what's his name? I've got blank. Do you know? You know, Julia. And no, I think yes, you do. He sells art. He knew about art, and he moved into Lower Loxley, and 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 and. I'm I'm a Vicky. Um, oh. I think said Vicky Pollard. I'm 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 a, a Vicky Vicky person oh. I, I don't remember i may I'm be gonna... nearly 47 but i haven't been listening that long right i'm gonna look it up now because this is just gonna julia pargeter and oh what's his name oh god no i can't find it now so Never he was mind. some kind of dodgy art salesman not dodgy he was terribly nice and he was the only person that could deal with julia and and he's like he's like sort of like the, the wife in Jane Eyre, he's in one of the attics or something at, uh, at Lower Loxley, bang to get out, I would imagine. Um, like he, Lewis. He, Lewis, that's it, that's him. Oh, that's him, that's oh him. my God. Yes. Right, my work here is done, you folks. See, that last glass of Riesling just pushed the old brain cells to a bit of 
Oh yeah, I'm I'm cooking with gas now. I'm I'm. (laughs) It's like you know with diesel cars. Some of them you have to add a little extra to it to 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 make the cylinders uh, thrust properly. Yes. (laughs) Anyway, think about you thrusting. Thank you very much. Um, (laughs) Auntie Jean, let us let us let us raise the tone with a bit of Auntie Jean. Great. Hello, everybody. It's Auntie Jean here. A couple of things about last week's podcast. Juicy Lucy seems to think that Chris won the single wicket, but I thought it was Rory. Or did I just not listen properly? Anyway, I think we need a recount because that seems to be the theme of the week. Also, you mentioned, Luce, I think that it might be the start of a dementia storyline for Jill. Well, while we were at the Festival of Ideas in Bristol with the talk with Kerry and, and uh, Paddy and others, it, somebody in the audience mentioned that, and they very categorically denied it, uh, that Jill will not be having a dementia storyline. So whatever is going on, is going on uh, presumably just because of old age. Who knows? Mary Cutler said at the Festival of Ideas that there is going to be a big party because she's just written, written it for Chris and Alice in the next few months, but she wouldn't say why, so make of that what you will. Is Alice pregnant, perchance? Anyway, we'll wait and see. Bye. Auntie Jean, yes, probably it was blooming Rory Rory who won the Wingle Sicket. I wasn't listening because I do not care about cricket and I don't understand it and it's very boring. Now, um, I have issue with you there. It is not boring. It is um, the most splendid uh, creation on God's earth cricket next to Riesling obviously that's you just don't understand it it's like that's like you saying oh I don't like poetry uh, but I don't like French poetry if you don't speak the language you can't understand it it sounds so bloody patronizing there don't I I can only apologize dear yes but I think (laughs) if if, thank you for mansplaining cricket I think I'm spreading as well (laughs) stop it you were thrusting before and now you're spreading (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> control yourself man I think I'd, I'd listen to test te- uh, test match special uh, because he said something else I did <clears throat> because it is very uh, easy to listen to while you're doing other things and it's very restful yes, and it's like it's somebody not playing about whale cricket, music or something and they just talk about pigeons flapping down the edge where road which mm-hmm. is lovely um uh, so yes I was not listening properly and I can't remember what else Auntie Jean said what did she say Oh gosh, and I can't remember. I, oh, I, I was I was just so inflamed by your your disparaging comments about cricket. <laughs> oh, Auntie Jean, we can't remember, but I'm sure it was great. Well done, Auntie Jean. <laughs> God. Well, maybe, we, maybe we should listen again. Yes, Auntie Jean. I think that I'm surprised they gave away so much information. Actually, that's quite interesting. You said about the big party for Chris and Alice. Mm. And then Andrew Horn in his call mentioned, which we'll play later, mentioned that he thinks Neil will be offered the job of the manager of the new pig unit. Now, I think Alice might. And I think that's what the big party is about. Alice might become a pig unit manager. Yes, as like the director of the whole thing. She'll go and work for um, Justin. And that's why Alice has become more interested in the farm. Yes. And I can't, you don't have a party when you're pregnant because you can't drink, so you hate everybody. Mm-hmm. So okay. she wouldn't be having a party because she's pregnant. They're already married. Yeah. Chris, Anniversary? Mm, 
Because they no. ran off to Vegas. How long have they been married? Oh, God knows. At least but five years. Mary Cutler said, she said, oh, there's a big party coming up for Chris and Alice, but I'm not going to tell you what it's about. And if it was an anniversary, she'd have said it's an anniversary party because we could all predict that because of when they got married. Mm. So I think it might be that. Okay. Mm. I, I really, it's rather contrived, though, isn't it, that she... She doesn't know control. one end of a sow from the She's other. She's a nuclear physicist wedding planner. Well, you know, I've got, why not just throw pigs into the mix? I think we need to get this straight. I thought she was, uh, didn't she do aeronautics or something like she that? She did aeronautics. Avionics. Yeah, hmm? <laughs> aeronautics. And then she did, uh, and then she planned Kirsty's wedding. That went well. Then she, oh. uh, then she did a bit of something else as well. I've forgotten what that was. Uh, a little incidental job. Um, and now she's a sales rep for that tech company, isn't she? Yeah. But yeah. She, she's got an engineering background. So, yes, it's just what you need for, 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 yeah. for a pig unit, surely. And it's very, it's very forward thinking uh, of the archers to have, uh, have their only female engineer. And uh, on the side, what she really wants to do is plan bloody weddings. It's... Yeah, I know. <laughs> And instead, she's going to be shoveling pig shit. Hurrah! It's much the same. If you've ever worked at a wedding, which I, I've done quite a few, I'm, I'd rather be shoveling pig shit than, than working on a wedding. Quite frankly. <laughs> um, should we have um, Sarah Brown now? Go on, then. Brown girl in the ring. Hello, lovely dum-de-dum. I haven't spoken to you for ages. It's Sarah Brown here. I am just ringing to leave a quick message about all the horrid reactions I keep coming across on the social media type sets about the youth, the youth of Ambridge. Yes, they are really bloody irritating some of the time. But frankly, um, let's just think back to how... uh, the parents used to behave they were pretty irritating too Shula even didn't she have sex under a hedge with somebody once I can't remember she's damned irritating now I tell you anyway that's really my point I think that Freddie has been really badly served he's clearly got serious problems with his learning and nobody's picked it up and nobody's looked after him and he hasn't had additional time and exams and all that for um i think that they are very selfish and looking out for themselves and hey that's how we brought up that generation uh, not my kids of course mine are perfect perfect in every way anyway it's jolly good to speak to you i am enjoying the program vastly and um, more laughs along the way. Okay, I will speak to you soon. Do you know what? I think often, you I and hope. Sarah Brown Bye. having a conversation together would disappear into a vortex of sexy voices. <laughs> We'd like cancel each other out. <laughs> Why, <laughs> thank like a... you very much. I, I think we could probably make some money. <laughs> we could start straight. our own 0898 I number. I was going to say, your archer's updates. Mm. Um, Freddie doesn't Speaking cast... of which, I was very shocked to hear that Shula had shagged in a hedge. Yes, Shula was a right goer. Oh, really well, it's was. always the religious ones, isn't it? They're... I know. Well, that's why she's so bloody smug and hypocritical. That's why she, you know, it's what makes people annoyed about her. I think because wasn't she going out with Neil Carter when he got busted for cannabis possession? Good God, you're, you're, I, these are things. Like I said, I, I came in when I when Vicky arrived. So. I know. Well, you need to look at that because it's. Very I really do. I think I need Neil to gen was up going on it. Out with Shula for a little bit. 
Neil and Shula. Yes. Good God. Is it... <laughs> Have I rocked I, your I world? I cannot imagine it. Although, who would you rather be with, Susan or Shula? If God. you were a man or a lesbian. That's like choosing between Aunt Sponge and Aunt Spiker, isn't it? <laughs> it is, really, isn't it? God. Susan no. or Sh- No, 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 I couldn't. I just, no. I could, my brain was, won't even let me... No, you'd rather be single for 20 years, wouldn't yes, you? Yes, I would. I would. <laughs> With occasional forays into the polytunnel. Stop it. Stop Sorry. it. Stop it. Stop, stop it. Stop it. Um... Anyway, Freddie doesn't have special needs, Sarah. He has special wants. They're different. Um, <laughs> As do I. <laughs> Jenna, now. Oh, yes. Hiya, it's Jenna, at Jenna Ravioli on the Twitters. Um, I normally call from Brooklyn, but I have recently moved up to the beautiful Hudson Valley where I am making Shakespeare happen up here, so that's fantastic. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. I, this week, a few great things that happened or a few interesting things. I was loving just how little uh, we hear about the election, which obviously was huge. I imagine must have been really enormous. Uh, but anyway, we get Elizabeth telling Freddie that when she goes to vote, she'll be thinking of him, which does that mean she voted Labour? I don't know. Um, and then the only other thing that the scriptwriters the only other place the scriptwriters seemed to think they could fit any comment about the general election into this week's episodes was about Lillian's bathroom and that, like, that whole disaster, the dig that Jennifer makes about Mrs. May regretting the whole thing. That's the best they could do. Um, absolutely baffling. Anyway, what I really want to make you guys talk about is recreational drug use. And um, the fact that at the Isle of Wight Festival, Johnny just, like, takes what he's handed. Freddie just hands him something and he takes it. And they get really annoying. But before that, just this, like, Johnny's the responsible kid and everyone thinks it'll be okay because Freddie's with Johnny. And, yeah, no questions. Anyway, tell me your drug stories. All right, bye, everybody. Thanks. Lovely Jenna from New York. Now, she wants to know about recreational drug use. Now, well, my I'm, recreational I'm... drug use could be comfortably put on the back of a stamp and it, I was very, very sick. So, and it Snorting was... Beecham's powders doesn't count. <laughs> oh. And you're not supposed to swallow suppositories, but other than that. <laughs> so I think over to you on the recreational drug use front, Mr Fingers. <laughs> hmm... Uh, well like a tory mp would say um i'm i'm how did no no i'm not saying a word no i wouldn't if i were you really but um by the way bill clinton so uh, in oxford oxford bill clinton um didn't inhale in in a pub in oxford so there is the the pub it's called the turf tavern and there is um a chalkboard um tribute to bill clinton and it says in this pub bill clinton did not inhale neither did he have sex with that woman (laughs) yes yeah and uh, yeah but yeah i'm sorry i was thinking about the dress and the dry cleaners but anyway (laughs) um what do we think about the um uh the 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 whole uh freddy at the festival and i was quite surprised at johnny that he just sort of that as jenna said just sort of handed him a pill and said 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll be fine. Just take that with and yeah, and, but you know. they were already tipsy, weren't they? Yes. They weren't already so. over their cups or up to their cups. So, um, quite frankly, in that situation at that age, actually, no, I was quite pious and up my own ass at that <laughs> age. What's changed? Um, uh, so, I mean, I didn't drink until I was twenty-one. Really? Not, not, not to the what twenty, maybe twenty, uh, until the. I, I mean, I had the odd woodpecker cider with a Chinese takeaway, but um, why? Were you get, very healthy or very religious or what? I don't know. I was just like I said. I was up my own. <laughs> I'm making up for it now, though. Was it because a lot of teenagers don't because they kind of want to be different? And, yeah, and, maybe. Well, it's like Rufford going around listening to Radio Four, and you know. As a as a as a black teenager in in Birmingham, and and that was his statement of difference was I listened to Radio Four. Yeah, I so guess. maybe yours was yeah. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna. Well, maybe you know. I was a bit scared about it too. Mm. Maybe I didn't didn't didn't. Maybe I wasn't very adventurous. Well, Freddie's certainly very adventurous. God, work he? is calling me now. Oh dear, what's happened? Oh, really? Yeah, ignore, ignore, ignore. It might be Reho woman. It might, what a at this time? No. Is 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 that not who your hot date is with later? <laughs> Shit. No, I'm not going out with the EHO woman. <laughs> but you love the EHO woman. Shut up. I didn't love her. I said she was she was striking and that Beautiful, sent me... you said. She was beautiful, yes. I am in so much trouble now. <laughs> so I... much trouble. I'm sure the EHO lady does. Hello, EHO lady. Does not listen I'm, to I'm not in trouble with the EHO lady. Who are you into? Oh, with your hot date later. Shh, 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 Sorry. Shh, shh. There's yeah. no point shushing. You know we're recording, don't you? Are we? Have we started? <laughs> Christ. It's like John Prescott. Can I do that again? No, John, you're live. <laughs> oh! <laughs> um, Andrew, no, not Andrew Horn. Dusty Substances. Yes, dusty substances. Hello, it's Dusty Substances here, the wrong sort of listener. Um, I haven't been in touch for ages. I have been so busy. I've been channeling my uh, inner, I think it was Linda Snell, wasn't it? Because I've suddenly been cast as Madame Arcati in Blythe Spirit. So, uh, yet another bossy uh, person. But anyway, um, ringing about... Uh, Freddie buggering off to the Isle of Wight with Johnny. Um, I, I could have all sorts of parental issues there. I mean, I know it's within the rights of young people to be obnoxious, but if a child of mine had had previous with um, exams and being truthful about them, I honestly don't think I would have popped off and done something else assuming they were going into the college and doing it. I think I would have spoken to the powers that be and said, can you make sure that young person actually starts the exam, even if they don't get very far into it? I could have done without hearing the Isle of Wight stuff while I was giving my daughter a lift to uh, something. That was quite yucky. But basically, that's it. I really don't think Elizabeth has been realistic. I mean, if you've got a non-academic child why persist but if you are going to persist then really follow through and i think she's failed on both counts dusty substances you will be a bloody marvelous madame arcati what i've always wanted to play madame arcati what a fabulous role mind you this is part of my mission to gradually transform into margaret rutherford i'm doing rather well i have to say um 
Can yes. you do the... That Margaret Rutherford used to do. Yeah. <laughs> My favourite was in, in the, um, what's the film, um, The Happiest Days of Their Lives, when she mm-hmm. says, the infant animal needs space to breathe and blow. She says, that's my favourite. Breathe, <laughs> the infant animal. Um, she had quite, uh, Margaret Rutherford had quite um, an interesting life, didn't she? I mean, I... Wasn't her husband not very much in love with her or something? There was something about that. There was some shenanigans yeah. going on in the background, a bit yes. like Hattie Jakes. I think yes. it is those it's actresses of the fuller figure. They're, yes. they're all a bit of a, you know, Do you know what? I, I, I was uh, uh, reading Jeeves and Worcester again the other day, and um, uh, Jeeves referred to somebody um, who was overweight as of full habit. He's oh, a I like of that. of full habit. And I thought, how nice. Did he mean habit as in... Uh, a monk would have to wear a very large habit or that he he, he was fulsome in his habit of eating I don't know. grub i don't i don't know i don't know what the what the what the sort of the definition of it was but i just liked it of full habit hmm. i think i will use that from now on but you're not though you're slinky no. malinky because you're always pegging up and down hills on your bicycle aren't you yes but i i don't like to talk about my weight loss but i have lost about 3 stone in the last 18 months blimey i know was that from your bicycle no, you don't lose weight from exercise. You lose weight by not being a greedy bastard. Oh, okay. So um, I usually don't drink during the week now, and I, I don't stuff my face. This is not the Robert Wilson Slimming Show, <laughs> but that is available on iTunes. <laughs> Robert also has a hypnosis tape. <laughs> <laughs> Which is how I get all my hot dates. <laughs> Drift off. Now, imagine you are texting Robert. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone everyone knows I WhatsApp. It's it's not traceable. It's encrypted. Sorry, my chair's very creaky here. I'm glad it's your chair. I wonder what the hell was going on. Um, Yes, Elizabeth is completely unrealistic and failed on both counts with... with, um, with Freddie, because she's made him not, she hasn't made him feel uh, confident. She's actually made him le- lack confidence yeah. and be incredibly aware of his shortcomings and not replaced him, replace those with anything. You know, she's kind of just given him a big list of things he can't do yeah. rather than finding something he is actually good at. Um, but she is also still lost. I mean, how yeah. long ago did uh, Nigel take the plunge? It was. <laughs> About Don't five know. years ago, wasn't it? Yeah. And that's, you know, it takes at least five years yeah. to go through the grieving process. And she's, and recently she's mentioned that she might, you know, yeah, want to get together. What happened to Docky Locky? He's gone I off know, the face of the I was just thinking he's disappeared, hasn't he? Yeah. Well, he hasn't gone back to do more Silent Witness because they blew him up, didn't they? <laughs> I but um, yeah, I, I, she's still. Struggling, isn't it? A little bit, you know. Yeah. I mean, I mean, life is hard at the best of times. But, mm. you know, if you're running that huge stately home and... With only an entire staff and With only mother. an entire staff and you have to tread the grapes yourself, then, um, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, I don't know. Um, poor old but Freddy. She has, poor old yeah, Freddy. poor old Freddy. He's in a, a really tough Elizabeth. position. And just but, because um, they are rich as Croesus, we should not... Um, be lacking sympathy for them. 
No, but I was impressed by Lily because Lily was beginning to get on my proverbials. Mm. But something she said, and she defended her brother, even though, and, and it's often that, that that way, isn't it, between siblings, is yeah. that they will be at each other's throats. But yeah. if someone, if they see that someone else is threatening the other one, yeah. they will defend them to the hilt, and yeah. and that's what she did. And um, she she actually had quite a cogent argument. Yes, I thought. Yeah. Yep. And tell you what, if I were Freddie. You wouldn't see me for dust anyway. I'd have I'd have gone to the Isle of Wight. Definitely. You would. Well, maybe not. Maybe not the Isle of Wight. I went there once. <laughs> uh yeah. Sorry to everyone listening in the Isle of Wight. I, if I, you've got the internet there yet. <laughs> I really think uh, that it, um, he's got to come and move to London or something, Freddie. I think he's just not. He's... Maybe he'll move in with James and Leonie. Oh, that would be nice. He's too big. He's too big and stupid for Ambridge at the moment, and he needs to go and get rid of all his stupidness in Soho, and then go back to Lower Loxley. And maybe then he'll take it over as kind of you know the Lord of the Manor thing. Although Lily will make a much more effective Lord of the Manor than he ever would. Oh, definitely. I, I think that's the way it's it's going because uh, progenitor has changed in the royal family. So why mm. can't progenitor change in in the Pargetta family? Mm. Andrew Horn now. Greetings, Earthlings. Andrew Horn here. Well, I expect today's show with Naked Fingers and Lucy will be wall to wall double entendre. So I just thought I'd leave a quickie uh, plot prediction. And uh, it's following the arc of the pig story. Yes, I did mean that pun. And it's to do with the next time it goes to the council. So I expect Linda and uh, Kirsty will mount uh, opposition. And about a week before the council meeting, Neil will be offered the job as manager of the new unit. And this will throw him into a tizzy because he will have a conflict of interest. And Susan will be pushing him to take the job because it's a big step up. He will be worried about the parish council and how he can chair the debate. He'll also be worried about his his own pig business, uh, which presumably he'd have to either sell to Sausage Boy or um, dispose of. And then where would Sausage Boy get his wieners from? So I do think the pig story will come back and I'm predicting that Neil will be caught in a conundrum. Speak to you all soon. Bye. Andrew Horn, how very dare you wall-to-wall innuendo my arse. No, and I think we proved him wrong. I think we I, have... I saw an innuendo in the script and I whipped it out straight away. <laughs> oh, you've nicked that. Where's that from? <laughs> well, um, probably. Uh, I thought of it just then, but it's probably um, the, the great radio presenter whose name I've now forgotten. He used to work at Radio Leeds and his name is Martin Kellner. Ah, yes. Ah, yes. So, Andrew's... He never bought me a gin and tonic. Who never bought you a gin and tonic? Um, Andrew Horn, Linda and Kirsty will oppose the pig story. Well, yes, definitely. Neil will be offered the job as manager of the new unit, mm. setting up a nice little thing because then he's got to oppose it as the uh, parish council chair. But, li- oh my God, <sighs> Susan it's would just be shredding I... her little tabard with joy, wouldn't she, if, if yeah. Neil got to manage that. Neil couldn't manage something that big, though. He'd no, have to report well, to Alice, who'd then he'd be reporting to his own daughter-in-law, wouldn't he? 
Well, exactly. But, you know, I, I hadn't thought of all these these implications. And this is obviously why they've decided to start up um, a, a pig unit it is, is, is to. I was about to say throw the cat among the pigeons, but I think that's technically mixing metaphors. <laughs> but um, but um, yeah, I, I, I really hadn't considered that. But I think that idea has got legs. I, 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 I wouldn't bet my house on it, but I might put a fiver on it. Mm. That that they'll offer Neil some kind of job there. Although, how old is Neil? Is what is his late fifties, maybe? Mm, yeah. So yeah, he's he's you know he's not ready to uh, go off and um, uh, retire just yet. No, but hmm, no. interesting. I think that there'll definitely be that, or he might be brought on, if not like a, a big. He won't be brought on as managing the whole unit, but yeah, yeah, he might be brought in in some kind of semi senior middle management role because yeah. he does know is he does know one end of a sow from the other. He does, which is more than Alice does. Yes, Alice would have it in a veil. And a pair of wings <laughs> flapping around. Um, uh, that is the end of the caller in They were good this week. They were. But we were missing one caller in though. Oh, that Robert Wilson bloke. Yeah. Well, he's rubbish. He's pissed he's, most he's, of the time anyway. <laughs> he is pissed most of the time and he's rubbish. <laughs> Bollocks. Do you know what? I nearly did call in. Um <laughs> To say, That's taking idiotism too far. When hello, you get Dumpty to Dumbers. Naked fingers here. <laughs> I'm not calling in this week because I'm hosting the show. Hello, Yay. me. Yes. <laughs> but I thought that was only an yes. arsehole would do that, so I didn't yeah. do it. Good. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive & June. Olive & June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. In an uncertain world, there is always music which can be listened to in good company. Welcome to Friday 15, the show where we speak to friends and interesting people to the backdrop of great tunes and allocate 15 minutes to both. I mean, I was eight years old, interesting, the same age as the uh, Dragon King's daughter when she comes out of the sea. But um, well, what was happening to me when I was eight years old was that I was at the hands of a paedophile in, um, in a classroom for a year. And... Awesome. Yeah. Um, for me, I... Well, and I think the reason that I somehow managed to, to win in the end is that, for me, it's about an economy of the three things that bring a song together. Catch up with me speaking to friends and interesting people every Friday afternoon on Friday 15, which you can get, of course, from a podcatcher of your choice. Hello, I'm Lucy, and this is Walkie Talkie. I walk my dog, Basil, uh, pretty much every day in a foresty bit of London. Um, I have been doing so for about four years and I meet people that, as a dog walker, you talk to people. Um, if your dogs get on, you tend to just, you say, which way are you going, can I come with you? And you just sort of amble along, and you can end up having the most extraordinary conversations. Partly because uh, you are walking side by side and facing front, so there's no embarrassing eye contact. If things get a bit heavy, if someone starts talking about something that they find emotional or difficult, then you can always divert your attention onto the dogs and relieve the tension a little bit. We've seen, as a group of dog walkers, we've seen um, people get pregnant, have children. We've seen people whose dogs have become ill and died and the owner says, oh, I can never have another one and then in a couple of months time they appear with a puppy and everyone's delighted to see them and um, we've seen people's marriages break down, new romances start. It's a lovely way to start your morning. It never fails to give me something something nice to think about, something interesting to think about even if it's not nice and having a dog is a sort of a, a universality really. The people aren't all like me as I hope you'll realise over the course of the series.
Leading up to the 1860 election, in walks a gentleman by the name of Abraham Lincoln, who is the Republican candidate. The Republicans to the South re represent the ending of slavery. And Lincoln, despite the fact that his sentiment was always in the beginning to preserve the Union rather than to abolish slavery, becomes the lightning rod of anti-Southern sentiment. And he ends up winning the election in 1860 with no support from the South. The Guardian, Manchester, Tuesday, November 20th, 1860. Summary of news, foreign. The details respecting the presidential election furnished by the New York journalist, not complete, but they not only assure us of Mr. Lincoln's election, but show that the Republican Party has obtained far more than the requisite number of votes for his return. It is calculated that New York, Pennsylvania, the New England states, New Jersey, and the Northwestern states give him 171 electoral votes, or 19 more than the majority required for the election, the total number of electoral votes being 303. It is not improbable, too, that this majority may be further swelled by the result of the elections in the Pacific states of Oregon and California. We have no account of the manner in which the Southerners have received the intelligence of Mr. Lincoln's election. The next advices will no doubt be filled with fierce Southern declamations and protest, but it's not very likely that any Southern states will do anything mere than talk loudly about succession. Listen to the first show exclusively on Mixcloud today and subscribe to us on iTunes from Washington to Obama. 10 American Presidents, the new podcast from Royfield Brown. So now you have to talk about the Facebook thing. Oh, yes, Back the Facebook the thing. Here we are. And now we're going to have a little bit of Facebook with our upside down queen of the social, Millie Bell. G'day everyone. Uh, the Dumpty Dum Forum, as Roy Phil said last week, is really getting busy and we have a number of people starting discussions. We've been talking about Anthea, which was started by Miss Bubbles. Uh, Dusty Substances started the Hilda Ogden Fan Club. Uh, Audrey-Anne Cavarubias uh, is discussing the future of Lower Loxley Hall. Helen Sharp says that Rex prefers Anisha to Pip and Cosmo is talking about Bridge Farm. Of course, it's not the only uh, discussions you can have. You can go off topic, but under the Archers discussions, uh, that's what I found this week. So pretty busy again. So well done, everybody, for keeping that going. I also would like to bring your attention to a post that Cosmo put up on the um, uh, Facebook page, which says, Elsewhere, we have tonight established that I'm not sure how you say that. Is it Isan? Churchman has set a new record between television appearances as the same character. In both cases, she was the voice of a monster on Doctor Who. She retains her record of being the oldest actress to have appeared on Doctor Who. This is relevant as she was, of course, Grace and later Mary Pound. Thank you for that, Cosmo. That's awesome. I do love it when I can connect Doctor Who and the Archers. It's like all my Christmases come at once. So thank you for that. 
also, we have been busy on the Facebook forum. And we, uh, one of the things that really annoyed me this week was I couldn't believe it when Pat and Tony were discussing Justin's offer with Helen and Tom and put the offer on the table and then had different positions on how they felt about it. And I thought, surely as parents, we ha- we position ourselves before we discuss it with the kids. I mean, it's just what you do. Uh, so I said, would that have been better? And of course, the very wise Witherspoon said, of course, it was bizarre for Tony to hold that carrot out to Tom who you knew was going to go gaga over the offer, and Helen, and then pull it back. Now nah, it was only falling, no million for you. Uh, Rosie Taylor said, wouldn't it have been better if Real Pat had still got principles and Tony was true to his money-grabbing self? But if they have to muck about with Socko-induced character changes and accept Satan's sense, that they paid their debts to the lawyers, the courts, and to horrible Peggy, the 10000 they still owe Lillian for the E. coli disaster loan, got counselling for Henry, and got the 20000 that Pat paid for the Poolagoons back into a pension fund for Pat. Now, it's interesting you should say that. You've reminded me, Rosie, that when they were talking about all the things they could do and they could get Tom's business off the ground, I did think to myself, gee, they still have a lot of debts to pay off. And, of course, the legal bill for Helen can't be small. So that did seem a surprise to me, too. And Lexi Hovensee said, I don't know their total acreage, but on balance, I would be on Team Cell. It would put them ahead of the game in terms of providing unique offerings and reduce and eliminate existing debt. With all the t- talk of post-Brexit subsidies worries, I think the easiest choice would be slightly downsize, but increase financial independence. Is it really just his sentimentality over that area holding Tony back? Well, very wise words there, I have to say, uh, Lexi. And uh, I think one of the things I really love is um, that... Uh, Yoko Bear and I, we post up a little uh, discussion point and we get so many points of view and most of them are very well informed, so thank you for that. We did also discuss Pip, it's not all about you, Rex has feelings too, and Annie Morley said, anyone else pick up on the elderflower choice over Prosecco? Hmm, could be just that she was going back to work after the picnic or, oh my god, imagine the ructions. And Charlotte Foster said, I got incredibly sweary listening to all that shenanigans. Rex is an idiot and Pip is just awful. And as you know, Charlotte, we do encourage our dumpty dumpers to get sweary because we're a little bit sweary ourselves. We also discussed the fact that, Freddie, on this occasion, your mum is mistaken. Skipping an exam to go to a music festival is exactly what your dad might have done. And I'm standing by that because I remember Nigel really well. And that is exactly what he might have done. And Rachel Kennedy said, my son did sit in that maths exam yesterday thanks to the government ruling that all students need to retake until they are 18. He came out sad, despondent, with his confidence knocked back once again. I would rather he had gone to the festival. Good call, Freddie. Rachel, that was really heartening to hear because we can get so caught up in all the academic stuff, can't we? And I say that as a teacher, I realise that sometimes we're just setting our kids up to fail and it makes me sad. So thank you for those wise words. And until next week with Yoko Bear, hoo-hoo! Thank you, Millie. Right, Lucy, can we have some tweets of the week? It's about time, isn't it? It's, I think it's well overdue as we very nearly finished then before we did them. Um, Shh, don't <laughs> let light in on magic, as Danny Baker would say. Kate Gutleben said about Freddie and Johnny, uh, no point in wasting those condoms, lads. Oh, um, oh I don't know how the to... word condom. Does anyone use that? Does anyone Johnny and condom? No one uses the word Johnny for condom anymore. Well, does it's it? a good job. Otherwise, be, that joke would be ruined, wouldn't it? 
Oh, sorry. Um, N-Y-N-Z-I. I don't know how to pronounce Ninzi? I don't know um, how to uh, uh, pronounce that. Anyway, um, he or she uh, was responding to somebody who said, oh, I haven't listened for ages. I don't know what's going on. And uh, she said, oh, I won't spoil for you the explosive storyline of Will Grundy's coming out then. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, I, I did think uh, when uh, at the Isle of Wight, when when um, when Freddie was going, oh, yeah, yeah. But Johnny, what, what you don't see, I thought Johnny was going to yeah. come out and say, um, yeah. but it's you I love, Johnny. Yeah. yeah. I'm I'm sort of disappointed it wasn't because I was I've been especially anyway. when he'd been saying, you're so beautiful. You're so yeah. beautiful. Johnny had been saying that to him. So are apparently, you. Apparently ecstasy will do that to you. Yes. Apparently, um, <clears throat> Jane Bramley, who said, I, "This is this is the voice of a mother here. I think he's more likely to come back with no money and possibly no tent. My brother had his <laughs> jeans stolen at Donnington one year. <laughs> How do you get home without jeans? <laughs> I, I might need advice for later tonight." <laughs> do you remember that awful Glastonbury where everybody got trench foot? Oh God, yes. And it was well, just... apparently. Most people do buy crappy tents to go to these things and yeah. they just leave them there. Yes, yeah. And they claim to vote green and, and, and eat organic, but they're leaving <laughs> a bleeding tent behind. It's an absolute disgrace. Hypocrites. <laughs> My friend's son got off the train having slept and lived in his clothes for three days in this mm. weather where they were, you know, your clothes never dry out and you just smell like a piece of wet bread. And then... Um, <clears throat> She made him stand on the train station and take his clothes off apart from his pants, put them all in a bin bag (laughs) and then made him get in the car just in his pants because she wouldn't have the clothes in the car because she thought he probably had lice and some sort of thing that you get at the Somme. Um, Nightmare. (laughs) I think you're probably actually contravening my my human rights or something, Mother. Um, Possibly. Uh, Muffet R. Boyle was also at the festival and said, the bongos are irritating me and I don't have to stay there. And tweet of the week was from Buggy Swires, who said, what's the betting Freddie and Johnny are actually on the Isle of Man? (laughs) (laughs) Well, one of them will have three legs by the end of the night. (laughs) I just had visions of them being on a traffic island in the Isle of Man thinking they're at a festival. Anyway, and that's the end of the uh, tweets of the week. So now we do the bit about remember to get in contact, blah de blah Okay. Quick uh, funding message, because we are brassic. If you would like to help us keep our little show on the road, there are two ways this can be done. You can donate by hitting the donate button on the site, or you can sponsor us via patreon.com. Remember, to get in contact, you can send us a voice message via SpeakPipe on the site, or call 0203 031 3105 to leave a message. You can find Lucy and Royfield on Twitter at Dumpty Tum and I am at Naked Fingers, all one word. And that is the end of the show. Marvellous. That was fun. So you have you have lost your Dumpty Tum virginity. Yeah. Oh, God. And that was one thing I forgot to mention is that um, virginity. I, yeah, I, I lost my virginity in a tent. Did you? Yes. Wow. Don't you dare put this out. As if we would. Or if I put this in. What? <laughs> you fuckers, you better not. Where you were you? Dirtle door. No. Yes. Well, that's on a cliff edge. What were you doing up there? That's dangerous. 
Well, we weren't on the top of Dirtle Door, but um, yeah, I, so uh, I'd, I'd gone camping with my girlfriend and um, yeah, I lost my virginity. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that was last year. <laughs> anyway. I was just <laughs> no, thinking of a Dirtle Door knob joke then and I couldn't do it <laughs> fast enough. Well, there is a Dorset knob. <laughs> I know. It's a there is a Dorset and it's a, it's a bread roll, I think. No, yeah, so she grabbed my dorset knob and um, <laughs> and buttered it up. <laughs> Twisted it and it came off in her hand. Um, <laughs> yes, and it did indeed. So I'm glad I didn't mention cider. that on air. Mm. So, are mm. you taking your hot date camping? No. Okay. But you're planning are on you coming home without... This? No. 